Good day. I'm Martin Webb, and welcome to the twice-monthly Climate Report, broadcasting the first and third Tuesday of every month at 6.30 p.m. only here on KVMR. Today we feature an interview with Ian Thomas. He's a young man that's recently moved to Nevada County from Colorado because he is a Civic Spark Fellow working with the County Executive Office and the Board of Supervisors on reaching their climate objectives. We look forward to enlightening the community and letting you know what is happening at the county level and welcoming exciting new action from Ian Thomas. Well, thanks for joining us here on KVMR-FM. Let us know your name and official title and how long have you been in the position? Hi, um, yeah, my name is Ian Thomas. Uh, I'm a Civic Spark Fellow, currently placed with uh, Nevada County under the Board of Supervisors, working on the uh, Climate Resilience Initiative. Um, started in early October, um, so I've been here for just a little bit, but there's plenty of work to be done and it's been busy so far. Well, I imagine not a lot of people are aware of uh, Civic Spark fellowships, and, and we wanted to make sure that folks know what's happening at the county level. But before we dive into what you're doing here now, I was curious, tell us a little bit about yourself and your background. Have you done anything like this before, being service to a community, working for a nonprofit, um, you know, other sort of climate-related work? I've always been very interested in climate work and environmental work. Um, but never on this level, never this level of um, professionalism and this level of effectiveness. Um, you know, the county is really doing a lot of really good work, uh, and there are a lot of very smart people uh, working on climate. Um, the Board of Supervisors uh, is prioritizing climate right now um, as one of their uh, stated objectives, so it's really cool to work with a county um, that's working hard um, and has a lot of the, the smartest people in the county um, on it. So, yeah. So it sounds like the environment and, and climate issues are, are personal. Um, it's a personal issue for you that you're actually now turning into, you know, some sort of perhaps career direction. Very much so. Yeah. I, I grew up in Colorado Springs, Colorado. Um, and there was a, I distinctly remember um, the Waldo Canyon wildfire. Uh, came through town when I was in middle school. Um, and I, there's just a distinct memory that I'm sure will resonate with a lot of uh, listeners to this show of just wildfire coming down the mountain. Um, a few hundred homes were burned, a few lives were lost. Um, and I, that was a very key watershed moment for me in my life. Um, where I was like, okay. Um, <laughs> You're feeling the impacts. Yeah, feeling the impacts a little bit. Yeah. Now, there's a, a meme that I saw that I always remember um, that says something in effect of that the, the climate crisis is something that you will see through screens from farther and farther away until it gets closer and closer until you're filming it with your own, mm -hmm. you know, screen type of thing. Um, so Colorado Springs, Colorado, uh, not a lot of people are aware that, that just like in California, there was drought and major wildfires there as well, correct? Very much so. It's climate-induced. You know, we know that there are natural wildfires, and what we've been experiencing here as well as there are, are unnaturally, uh, you know, human-driven, climate-induced sort of catastrophes. It's been hard to, for scientists in some cases, to pinpoint how much of it is influenced, but we can just see and feel the intensity building. And so that really sparked you to become more aware and take it seriously, it sounds like. Yeah, yeah. So... Uh, I mean, that was all the way back in middle school, but that definitely set me on a, a path um, mm -hmm. towards 
uh, climate activism um, now, work. What are some similarities or differences between Colorado Springs and here? Oof, let's see. Um, Colorado Springs has definitely grown into this sprawling uh, monstrosity of a city. Um, but Nevada City and Grass Valley and the whole county really um, has kept a very small town vibe where you see people and you recognize people and you still stop and have those conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, and like we saw with the recent storm, like there are all these stories uh, of people just checking in on each other, helping each other uh, clear brush, making sure that, um, you know, if they need anything, like um, a few coworkers were just offering uh, other coworkers if they needed to take a shower, like if mm. they needed to store food in a freezer. Right. Um, yeah, that, that community effort is really uh, very unique. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's good to see. Is it, in Colorado Springs, is there a similar concern about the environment? Because when I think of Colorado, I oftentimes think of hippies and skiing and environmentalists and that type of thing, but I don't want to make assumptions. Did you go from um, an environmentally friendly uh, community to this one that's also environmentally conscious? Or I would say a lot of my... Um environmental leanings and ideas weren't in fact sourced from my time in Colorado Springs, but rather from uh, my time in Grand Junction, Colorado, uh, where I got my undergraduate uh, at Colorado Macy University. Um, So majored in environmental science, um, and that's where my um, passion for community engagement and organizing really kind of kicked off. so that's, I do see parallels between Grand Junction and here. Ah. Yeah. So there's a very, very much a still, still a small town vibe. Um, now tell us a little bit about the, the Civic Spark program. Did you go right from getting your degree into Civic Spark? How did you find out about it? What, what made you gravitate towards this um, type of program? So I didn't go directly from graduating to Civic Spark. Uh, I took about a year, year and a half uh, working as a bike mechanic uh, and then organizing uh, with a local bike advocacy network. Um, and then one of my contacts with the city planning department, um, she'd heard that I was interested in uh, various like land use, zoning, urban design, urban planning uh concepts and then she recommended that I apply to the Civic Spark program. Um, so got placed here and now I'm here. <laughs> nice. So for anyone that might want to follow in your footsteps, um, tell us a little bit about the process and a little bit about the the program. We we recognize you're not a representative of the program, but as someone that's been through it and for any listeners that might have folks or listeners themselves that are interested in pursuing this type of thing. Uh, give us a little bit of uh, the elevator pitch of what the Civic Spark Fellowship Program is and um, how other people can follow in your footsteps. Yeah, so it's it's a very cool program. It's a very unique program uh, in that there's a recognition of all of these federal directives coming down to uh, cut emissions, um, you know, reduce or increase equity. Um, there's all of these very huge, broad objectives that are coming down. Um, And sometimes county, uh, state, like and city governments just don't have the capacity to actually achieve all of these incredible objectives. Um, There might be funding, there might be grants, but they just don't have the people power. 
Um, so that is where CivicSpark comes in um, by placing individuals who uh, maybe don't have as much experience or are looking for a career change. Um, they apply for the program. They apply for, or once accepted, they apply for a few different individual programs uh, in different cities and counties. Um, right now, it's only in Colorado, California, and Washington. Um, although I believe um, there's a potential expansion into the southeast. So. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah. So did you, were you given a, a list of cities once you were accepted or before you were accepted? Did you put in a request for here or? Yeah, yeah. So there was a list of all of these just amazing projects happening all over the country. Um, and it was really difficult to choose. Um, <laughs> there were there were five, there, there were my top five programs, um, a few up in Truckee, um, so you're more attracted to the programs than the towns because you had choices of programs. It sounds like it's not just, Hey, we're going to send you someplace. Good luck. Mm -hmm. You actually could see what type of work was needed in each location and whether that called to you. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. So I never set foot in Nevada County, um, before I, you're not leaving now. There's no, no chance. You can't turn back. It's, yeah. So, then uh, explain to our listeners. So you're a Civic Spark fellow. Civic Spark is a nonprofit. It's a non-governmental organization, right? Or get gets funding from the federal government. It's it's not a federal government. Or, or tell us, you know, my understanding is you're paid from Civic Spark so that Nevada County doesn't have to pay for your position. So it's a way, as you said, to help cities and counties who otherwise wouldn't have the financial capacity to hire somebody full time. That's a great question. Um, <laughs> Sorry to ask you one you, you didn't know. Well, for those that are interested, they can just Google Civic Spark basically and find out about it. Mm -hmm. I mean, yep. we the, and, and get their answers that way. Yeah. Well, tell us then a little bit about your position here. So what type of work, What's what happens in a typical week for Ian Thomas as a Civic Spark fellow? You're here for a year or 11 months or? Yeah, it's an 11 month program. It's an 11 month commitment. So anyone that's interested, it's committing 11 months to live somewhere in one of these places, be part of a program. Tell us a little bit about what you do. Yeah, so since it's climate related and climate focused, it covers uh, an incredibly broad array uh, of topics. Um, you know, we're, there's a lot of work happening with the, uh, current energy action plan working group, uh, community-based working group, um, focused on elevating the county's, uh, energy action plan. Um, so that's super exciting. Uh, a lot of really good community engagement going on with that right now. Um, also, you know, a lot of administrative support, um, because there are, four people working on the uh, kind of as the core climate team, including myself. Um, and uh, as a part of that capacity creation, um, relieving the uh, administrative duties of a lot of those people is a huge, it can have a multiple, can have a very significant impact uh, in terms of their workload. So um, they can be freed up to um, work on bigger things. So you're greasing the wheels greasing for other people wheels. that are already in motion. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of that. Um, let's see. 
emails, I bet, in meetings. Emails. emails and meetings. Emails, <laughs> meetings. Yeah, you know it. Well, uh, let's talk about the Energy Action Plan um, group. I, I want to talk about both things that you mentioned here that you touched on. The Energy Action Plan working group, as well as your, you are assisting and supporting a climate team at the county level. And we've talked here on the Climate Report about the Energy Action Plan, um, how it was something that was released in uh, 2019, almost exactly um, five years ago, just before COVID. And it encouraged our community, both residences, uh, commercial businesses, nonprofits in the county to reduce our electricity and our natural gas use. And it's something that um, what's uh, what I've noticed about this working group is it's, a, as you mentioned, it's a community-based group. So if there's someone that's listening that is a contractor or business owner or just wants to be involved, are they, or is the community invited to um, still add them, their voices to this effort of this energy action plan? Is, is, tell us a little bit about that group and whether listeners can or should be involved. Or who, who are you seeking? Because we don't want 100 people suddenly showing up <laughs> and dragging things down. So tell us a little bit more about the, the energy action plan and, uh, and your work with that. Yeah, so um, the Energy Action Plan, like you said, was released in 2019. Um, and now, um, especially, so an incoming update to the county's um, climate action or climate resilience initiative, sorry, um, includes uh, a renewed commitment to um, energy efficiency um, and reduced energy consumption uh, countywide. Um, recognizing that not only um, does reduced energy consumption reduce our greenhouse gas emissions, but it also has significant savings, cost savings for uh, businesses, for regular folks just trying to live their life. Because I moved from Colorado to California and my power bill like tripled. Wow. So, um, oh, yeah. I can't yeah. imagine. Yeah. yeah. I can't imagine having to like live through that and just see your bill slowly rise. But I mean, you know, that's paying for a lot of very important, um, you know, climate uh, programs as well. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so there's there's a lot of very exciting things happening um, right now with the Energy Action Plan. Um, if you are a contractor, if you are a business owner, um, like we want to hear what you have to say. Um, we're looking for, or we're currently challenged by a lot or a lack of uh, energy auditors in the county because that's really the first step mm -hmm. if you're looking to reduce your energy consumption is yes. identifying, okay, how can I get the biggest bang for my buck? Right. Like that is step number one. Yeah. So, and yeah. we have a real unique community that's um, stratif stratified in people's means and abilities. Mm -hmm. You know, not everyone can go out and buy an electric car and, and solar mm -hmm. system, that type of thing. And I always try and remind folks when they're seeking advice on what to do that there really isn't sort of a blanket list for everyone to follow because everyone's unique and has their own different needs and lifestyles. And mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm grateful that um, you're inviting business owners, contractors, because in times like right now, because as we're speaking and, and doing this interview, we're in the midst of a, a widespread power outage throughout the community. Mm -hmm. And it's in these times that a lot of people realize either how much they're prepared or, or unprepared. And for a lot of people, taking steps to reduce energy use can cost money. Um, but we know that the more you can save, then the more you can spend on doing the right things. I, I try to get people to think of um, our energy bills in Nevada County as money that's really all going out of town. 
you know, whether it's PG&E or a propane company or, or gasoline for your vehicles, the less we can use, the more we can save. And research shows that when you save money in a community like ours, it recirculates. So for a rural community that keeps getting socked in with uh, weather and wildfires, um, weather-related shutdowns, that type of thing, energy efficiency seems to be such an important way to save money that can then help you subsidize spending money to do the right thing to help make ourselves more resilient. You know, I want to touch on another thing you mentioned because you talked about the climate resiliency objective. And I'd like for you to um, tell our listeners a little bit about that because not everyone is tracking how county government works. But my understanding is that at the beginning of every calendar year, the Board of Supervisors that just happened recently, they have big uh, public sessions, public workshops on what should be their focus for our county for the next year. And last year was noteworthy because there was a climate resilience objective. And that um, doesn't that sort of elevate the action behind something at the county level? The energy action plan five years ago was very voluntary. There's no requirements. It actually didn't require any action. And then COVID hit the next year and we've all been recovering from that. Um, but it sounds like this energy action plan is really finally going to get some traction and help um, steer the community in ways that can help make us more resilient in step with what is this objective. Um, is there a new objective this year that came out of the recent workshops? And is it true that when the Board of Supervisors says they have an objective for the year, that then there's ripple effects throughout everyone, including yourself? So tell us about this climate resilience objective and whether it's been re-upped and, and what that means for us and listeners in Nevada County. Yeah, so I know it's it's very uh, abstract when you talk about um, county objectives. Mm -hmm. Like, what on earth does that mean? Bureaucracy and mystery. <laughs> it, yes. It's another bureaucratic term that can seem a little, um, you know, a little intimidating for some folks. Um, you know, when I first came here, and you know, no previ no previous government experience, I was kind of in the same boat. So, give us um, some hope, Ian. Give yeah, us some hope. Tell us what what's I'm happening. Here for. <laughs> Um, so whenever the Board of Supervisors establishes a new objective or a new initiative underneath an objective, initiative is more of a uh, specific target underneath in order to support an objective. Okay, the objective is the broad-based. We want to be more mm. climate resilient as a community, yeah. and then there are initiatives underneath that. Correct. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Um, so once those are set, that directs staff across the county to consider each of the objectives in essentially every decision that is made. So it starts from this very broad, like very all-encompassing decision from the Board of Supervisors uh, that has a very real impact across the county. So, um, and, and let me interrupt to say, would, would it be safe to say or correct to say that last year's climate resilience objective did that directly sort of lead to your Civic Spark Fellowship? It did, yes. So the, the fact that we're sitting here talking is a direct result of meaningfulness and giving something an objective, meaning the citizens and listeners here might be excited about climate action, mm -hmm. but it might not translate in anything at the county level unless the Board of Supervisors take it seriously, build an objective. And you just got to sit through that process for this year, right? Yes. Sort of the, okay, tell yeah. us about it. Yeah, so um, that was the February... When was that? 
think that was the second week of January uh, Board of Supervisors workshop um, where we presented to the Board of Supervisors, that was the whole climate team, uh, as well as some representatives from uh, CivicWell, which is the organization that administers CivicSpark, this is my organization. Um, let's see, a sustainability manager from Yolo County, uh, as well as the president of the Sierra Business Council. Is this the climate team you were referring to earlier? Um, so or that's this, a different climate team. That was a forum that we had kind of established oh, for the purposes of uh, presenting to the board of Sur supervisors. I see. Um, yeah. So, so these people made a presentation to say, we think this year you should make an objective towards the climate that looks like this. Mm -hmm. And was it different than last year's climate resilience objective? It was. Yeah. So right now, our current... Um, objective for this year underneath climate resilience is the creation of a climate action and adaptation plan. Um, so that is a another very broad, large plan. However, it does provide very specific uh, objectives and tasks for the county to um, accomplish over a set time frame. It is a um, very concrete process. Um, we brought them along to inform the supervisors of this is what the process looks like. This is how much it will cost, um, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, mm. Yeah. And how did they receive it? Very well. And did did you get everything asked for? Um, so right now that will be voted on during the next board of supervisors meeting. I believe that's February 20th. Don't quote me on that. Okay. Um, I haven't committed all of the meetings to memory quite mm -hmm. yet. People um, could find that at mynevadacounty.gov probably. Is that the website? Yeah. MyNevadaCounty.gov? I, I think there's that one, and then there's NevadaCountyCA.gov. Okay. Just yeah. Google My Nevada County, and there will be links. Mm -hmm. And so the, you, you went through the workshops. Um, it sounds like they're going to adopt a stronger objective versus last year. And, and I would like to draw some attention to what you said, the climate action and adaptation plan. And here on the climate report, we've been trying to help listeners peel apart all the different words that we're hearing. Um, there's climate mitigation versus adaptation. And for, for close observers, um, for the last few decades, there's been a call for action to try and avert some of the catastrophes that are looming in the natural world. Um, and we've come so far without a lack of action that now some of these government motions are using the word adaptation, which is okay, holy cow, we've let this go too far. We need to now at least adapt to it mm -hmm. um, because there's going to be a certain amount of climate impacts that we now are baked into what's happening. So it sounds like you said a climate action and adaptation plan. For our listeners, does that mean that the county is doing both? How can we take action to reduce emissions? And then how can we as a community adapt to what we see coming? More wildfires, more droughts, more snowstorms, floods, that type of thing. Very much so. So, so. It's, it's both preventative as well as problem solving. How yeah. can we prevent more of this? How can we also solve these issues? Mm -hmm. And you feel like that's really getting some traction then for this year? I, uh, yeah. I Excellent. Think so. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. What other inspiring things since you've been here? You said early October. Mm -hmm. So you've been here about four, four months or so. Yeah. Um, what inspires you about our community and, and what's happening here? What, um, what can our listeners take away from someone that's working on the inside? Because I, I, I want to say one thing that as I've looked at this energy action plan for our community, it's been interesting that the county, our, our county services, our county government accounts for really about 1% of our 
total county's energy use. And I've been really impressed with our county government is really ahead of the curve. They're solar powering everything. They're mm -hmm. using energy efficiency. They've already reduced their energy use. They've almost already met the energy action plan goals, but the citizenry, those of us out here in our homes and businesses, we really have the heavy lifting to do. What inspires you about our community so far that leads you to believe we're focusing on the right things and we're headed in the right direction? I think one thing, really the main thing that's really stuck out to me since I've moved here is the amount of potential that I see. Um, and, you know, I think everywhere has a lot of potential, but here in particular, because we're surrounded by this incredible natural beauty. Um, it's an incredible area. Um, but I also just see a lot of people that are very excited and very passionate about what they do, where they live, their community, um, and just want it to be as good as it possibly can. Um, all of the community organizers that I've been lucky to speak with so far um, are very passionate about their work, uh, and they're passionate about making Nevada County as good as it can be. Um, and that obviously includes energy efficiency and helping folks save money, helping folks um, you know, save money on their businesses, uh, helping them thrive, um, and really streamlining those processes, making it easy and cheap for everyone to just save as much money as possible, keep that money in the community, um, and make Nevada County as good as it can possibly be. And have you seen, you know, one of the things that, that climate observers have been noticing that's, that's unfortunate in the face of, of these challenges is the, the polarization that, that the media sometimes in politics puts on this issue. I, I've always been of the mind that when you have a group of people that are stuck on a cliff and their lives are dependent on each other to get off of it, it suddenly doesn't matter who you voted for, what religion you practice, your gender, anything, how can we work to get off of, you know, this situation? Are you seeing that, that in the granular level, working inside the county and with the community, seeing that we as a community I, I have, have accepted that we have special challenges here and that everyone's ready to work together in the right direction, regardless of you know what their backgrounds might appear to be? I, I really do think so. Um, I'm an optimist at heart, mm -hmm. um, and I think it's very easy to get just sunk into the you know national media flow and all of that. Um, and it really, it's easy to forget that, you know, you're still living next to your neighbors. You know them, right? You care about your neighbors. You care about your community. Um, at the beginning of our interview, you talked about how right now in the midst of this power outage, you had coworkers asking about taking care of other coworkers needs. They didn't say beforehand, who did you vote for? Did they? <laughs> they just offered help, no, didn't they? Yeah. No, that's, that's a, that's a human thing, right? We cooperate, we take care of each other and in the face of adversity, that's what's happening right now. And I have all of the hope possible for the future. Nice. Well, before we wrap things up, um, tell me a little bit more about the climate team at the county. Tell our listeners, who is this climate team at the county level? I think you said there were four people. Who are those? Yeah. So um, Jeffrey Thorsby, um, Ariel Levitt, and Mandy Stewart, um, they are, and now me. Um, so they are incredible people, incredible coworkers, um, very passionate about what they do, very good at what they do. Um, and they've really, you know, taken me under their wing and, um, shown me, shown me the ropes and 
Yeah. Great. Yeah. So listeners in the community should expect to hear more and more from the county. They're not sitting on their hands. No. Stuff's happening, mm-hmm. and uh, and you're here to help support that. Yep. Super excited that you're here and that you moved here. Yeah, glad to be here. We've got about 45 seconds. Final thoughts and comments. We're sitting here with Ian Thomas. He is the Civic Spark Fellow for the next few months here in Nevada County. Uh, closing thoughts. Thanks for having me here. I'm happy to be in this space. It feels good. Um, there's a lot of exciting things happening with the county um, in Grass Valley in Nevada City. Um, and yeah, I feel very welcomed. So it's good awesome. to be here. Well, what we'll try and do is maybe set up a follow-up interview so uh, you can report back uh, what you've accomplished in the last 11 months and, and bring more hope and inspiration to the airwaves. Yeah, I'd love to. Thanks so much. We've been talking with Ian Thomas, who is our Civic Spark community fellow here under climate uh, initiatives and objectives in Nevada County. You've been listening to KVMR FM. That's all for today's Climate Report broadcasting and podcasting here on KVMR FM and at kvmr.org every first and third Tuesday at 6.30 p.m. I'm Martin Webb. As always, today's show will be archived and posted to the KVMR website's podcast page for sharing or re-listening. For questions or comments, feel free to email climatereport at kvmr.org. Dot O-R-G.